Welcome back to Black or Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back to discuss the third episode in the Witcher Blood Origin miniseries of Warriors, Wakes, and Wondrous Worlds, written by Tanya Lotia and Kirsten Van Home, directed by Vicki Jusen and Sarah O'Gorman. I gave this episode an 8.4 out of 10, still problematic with some of the plot points but I think this was their most successful episode episode because I actually gave a fuck about the people that were involved (laughs) even if I don't like all of their motives and I don't mean all people I do mean some people that were involved I was like okay some of this is moving at a pace that is not uh well finessed but I can I can roll with it. I can roll with it. Before we jump into the recap, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts now, right? Spotify, we're even on YouTube. Go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, and of course, spread the word. If you want to send feedback for this show or any other show that I do, blackercouch at gmail.com. And let's jump into it. So starting off from last episode, we had Ayla running for her life because there was a white giant caterpillar chasing her. And the beast doesn't kill her because apparently Syndra opens another portal close to Zentria, splitting the thing in two with no one at all addressing the elephant in the room which is that Sindril's magic is Bojankity his sister know it uh or his celestial sister he know it but no one at all thinks to call him out like what do you mean we were just in another world with two moons and now we're where we're supposed to be but actually not where you said you were gonna put us then Meldorf is it Merle Merldorf or Meldorf I cannot tell but i'm just gonna call her my lady gets their attention by throwing rocks at them instead of saying like what's up (laughs) so let them know valor's creature just be on the hunt for meals apparently unchecked the citizens okay with this and she gets to channel her her best arnie impression come with me if you want to live i don't know if that's arnie now that i think about it could be bruce willis or any of those action stars from the 90s. Despite claiming not to be high, but puffing on that peace pipe <laughs> the entire time, <laughs> Meldorf, or Milady, admits it was Gwen who saw something special about them as she just planned to watch them get eaten. Gee, Apparently she be living her best life in that cave though. She got all of the delicacies. She can serve up a hot meal. She is impressed by some of them (laughs) but mostly lark because she has heard of her exploits which are getting bigger than her songs though she'd hope she'd be shorter fial hasn't said much but he at least is still cyan syndrome even though he doesn't say a word about it and he looked a bit uneasy as meraldorf affirms via callan that they are to kill the empress without an army because Fiel knows a secret way in and I thought at that moment 
And unlike Pryor, he, is he lying? <laughs> and it turns out he was. And I'm not sure <laughs> why. <laughs> like, we could have been coming up with a different plan of action. He's like, oh, we'll just wing it. That's not, it's not acceptable, sir. Him and Homegirl, though, been sharing looks since last episode. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Thinking that we could be something for real. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no. And they definitely put on the gas pedal this one. However, before they can kill the beast, or the empress, they need to kill the beast. And no one has a plan with that. Brother Death, who we still have not seen fight once. What kind of bullshit is this? Once again, you cannot announce a cool ass name like that and not show out what is going on. <laughs> but he offered to poison a sheep and feed it to him. And everybody said, for fuck's sake. And I was like, why was that a bit bad idea? I felt hurt for you. <laughs> Sandro offers to become one with the heart of the beast they murdered, gaining its strength and power. But he needs his celestial sister to help who isn't too keen and she leaves he didn't at all this entire episode Callan go and have a conversation with his love other than the stare at her and remark of why they fell in love the siblings discuss their past central didn't come back to make amends but to ask for her help this specific favor which is ballsy considering the last time they did something like this uh, the magic that he's proposing was with their mother who died, but was resurrected into a monster and uh, he bailed. <laughs> that was his, that was his response to his failure. His sister said, we should have never taken you in. It felt like the equivalent of. Fuck your couch, nigga. <laughs> Buy another one, you rich motherfucker. Fuck your couch, nigga. Fuck your couch. Sandro, you are doing a terrible, terrible job at being apologetic. You didn't even really apologize. You just sat there and cried and was like, um, yes, I caused all of this. Yes, this is my fault. Please murder me because that's the only sacrifice I can do to atone for my action. <laughs> don't even consider that this might cause her further trauma and then she says after he points out the world will end if you don't help well maybe the world should just end okay don't be selfish the empress is dragging blankets around wearing attire not suited for sleep laying in the moonlight while her thief is thus far unsuccessful in his quest for one little book Baylor and the city should be on high alert, or at least Baylor, because his main source, which was Sindril, that was doing all of the hard work and him taking all of the credit, is gone. He has escaped. He should be looking for him. Suddenly, and with very little reasoning, Ayla explains it cannot be a mage transformed, merging magic and elf, but a warrior. <laughs> I didn't see her holding a book. I don't know when Sakara had agreed because she's now on board and explains the right. They didn't read no texts. Explains whomever is transformed has a long, painful, corrupted road ahead and won't be themselves anymore. So Ayla volunteers due to the prophecy of two apart will become two as one. But Fio isn't about her volunteering. 
Fuck you! I ain't having that shit! CN points out the girl does what she wants. I'm like, that is not a girl. That is a grown ass woman. <laughs> but Sion did pause at the reveal of the prophecy. Like, this is the first time I'm hearing about that. He confronts her about it, feel to Ayla, but she also wants to do this, not due to the prophecy, but to atone, seeing as in the mist she recalled her past deeds with burning people alive not being the worst. Field tells her that she brings hope to the world, whereas he brings nothing but death, so it should be him. But she grabs his hand and tells him all her songs are sung. How did they manage to get that heart here to the cave? Then leave it on the floor? <laughs> Ayla confirms after they ask once again, who's it going to be that she's going to take the elixir to the group responding by looking at Fial. It's your man. They all was clearly like, you know, she, she can't do this. Look at her bones. <laughs> However, Ayla accepting her fate doesn't want sadness, but awake, seconded by Meredith, who's like, I'm always down to clown. She is so cute, though. After a brief pause and some massive eye fucking, like if this is my last night, we smashing. Apparently, that wasn't the case, though. Fiol accepts the drink and festivities begin when she asks for them to drink together. If you fell into a bucket of tits, you end up coming up with a cock. I need to use that line to someone when they just absolutely suck at something because that's that's the line Kaylin gets <laughs> when he is horrible at the game they're playing. Both Ayla and Meredith are rather savage. Sion, alert and watching, finally gets the news from Drunk Fiol that there is no secret entrance. And if it was, he would have shut that shit down a long time ago with Meredith overhearing. And she tells him, every time I think it's the last time I've suffered a fool, another lands in front of me. Another line stored (laughs) to bring up at some point. And off into the woods, Sion goes. She has the wanted poster because while everyone else is being children, she has to be the adult. I feel like Michelle Yeoh just got paid a whole lot of money to uh, volunteer her name as the star (laughs) of the series because she's had a very limited role other than being the competent one. Back at the palace, the apprentice manages to steal the book, but they are quickly busted. And for once, got to give Mustafa some credit as he quickly handles his thief and easily disarms Merwin with a badass line of, do wait your turn, Empress. I shall attend to you soon. She runs to get Aridin because she's a bitch who threatens the death of Fenric right as the apprentice is about to die. If he can't defend, and I am saying, what is his name? Avacil? Avacil? I don't know. If he can't defend this man on a one-on-one, you really think he gonna open these monoliths? They back in the wrong person. They don't kill Balor, which I thought was weird considering he supposedly was gonna kill the princess. Well, not supposedly, he was. But I don't think they could, to be fair. (laughs) He has magic and they have not put him in his cell yet. He tells Aridin, 
Congratulations, you played yourself. And it did not take long at all for him to be proven correct. <laughs> Milady shares how Gwen died with Callan over a peace pipe who apologizes for what we already suspected went down, which is not like an elf to a dwarf. She added Gwen's ashes to the ant hammer, and that's why she calls it Gwen. That's rather charming. I think the standout thus far has been Meredith. <laughs> she asks about him and the mage, and he goes into great detail about how he fell in love and fell into her mist and was captivated and blah, 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 because Meredith actually dozed off. The staring was weird and way too long. The lark starts singing and everyone is captivated, immediately searching out those they love with Ayla finding hers in the misty eyes of Fiol. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me. Cause I want you and I need you. And I'm down for you. Outside, both lay in the dark forest, staring up at two stars. Or were they comet shit? I don't know. I'm not an astronomer. But all this is leading to we about to get down. But no, there was no, there was no penetration this night. Ayla imagines under different stars, she would have been free of her past and he would have been married to Marin with a whole bunch of bastards running around. But he discards his fling with the princess as anything but real under any star in any universe. <laughs> He's like, uh, I'm a man whore and she's a whore but does wish they had been born under the same star. She says, don't forget me before the two kiss. And there's a whole bunch of thunder and lightning as if this moment in time is so damn important. Cause of course, why not? And I thought maybe they didn't show a sex scene because we already saw what a stroke game looked like and they was gonna keep it, you know, PG. Because we don't need to keep seeing that in every episode. But no, no, I had to just wait and be patient. When she wakes, Fiol has already taken the first elixir as she hears screaming. And thus, it must continue. It cannot be stopped because he's going to die. But he's going to die anyway. But I suppose they want him to die with purpose. <laughs> so they nail him down because he's super strong. Merwin continues to be stupid and arid and useless as they find out, oh, we need Baylor. That's embarrassing. It's not even been 24 hours. Damn, this does really suck for Fiol as that black shit keeps going in his mouth and Ayla's like, wait, this wasn't even the procedure? This is pregame? She refuses to leave her man though as he transforms into a monster no matter how horrid it is. And it was because he kept pleading. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. I thought the heart being transferred into his body was the best effect the show Half Dust produced. Uh, of course, there's the moment of it was all for naught, but all Sleeping Beauty needed was a kiss. While all of this death is going on, Meredith offers her peace pipe once again to Kaylin. <laughs> it's not comforting. <laughs> his girlfriend about how she sees how they aren't built for this type of pain but her ancestors have been victims i do too because he's like yeah elves are the strongest one i know you're not mm -mm. 
My ancestors have been victims to elven assault and trauma for generations. And while it was a long time ago, you trying to say those words to me and not him, their world is built upon the bones of her dead ancestors. Very casual analogy to racial relations in America. She points out the cock towers are sacred because they were meant to bring bounty to the land, but elves are once again defiling them for their own purpose. Kenan was like, look, shit, I'm not denying any of this. <laughs> I'm here to listen. <laughs> and she wants to join their their little troop. She keeps asking, are you really going to try to kill the Empress? Yeah, no, we're just going off to see the wizard, the wonderful Wizard of Oz, to ask some questions. So she decides that she wants to go out in a glorious fashion to unite with Gwen because she feels empty having uh, completed her task. And she perceives this as a suicide mission. Gee, Kudos to the actress. I think she did some some really good character development from the small scenes that she she was given. And she she owned that character in ways that everyone else is harder to to attach ourselves to. But yeah, Francesca Mills, I think she gave the best performance thus far. Uh, emotionally Sion shows the wanted poster for Fiol once she gets to the gates of Centrea and confronts the empress saying any other day I would have murdered you she's like any other day you would have tried and shut your bitch ass up nigga nobody asked you how a bitch ass thing you better shut the fuck up before I knock your fucking head off your shoulder little ugly ass bitch Stupid ass bitch. Now kick your fucking heart out your chest, nigga. Girl, bye. <laughs> you made your first kill like two days ago. Get out of here. You think just because you walking around with that horrible ass outfit, armor, trying to be a badass, you're a wannabe. You're not the real thing. Sion, though, did come to make demands and jabs. Uh, she says, you gonna give me 20000 for the lark. She ain't worth that much. She's the voice of the people and she also stole your man's heart. <laughs> also want my traditional sword back on top of 50,000 for a field up front and 50 soldiers to bring him in alive. And she just said, okay, sure, make it happen. Field alone with Lark apologizes. She says they're alone. And she helps him reconcile to his bestial nature by offering him coitus. <laughs> but apparently after she thought he was gone is when she realized that she can't live life without him. But I suppose when you think that you're sacrificing yourself, I still would have got it last night. Shit. Don't matter. They get it this time. And he's like, I will die for you or I die for you. She's like, uh, you already did. <laughs> Why did that make me laugh? Is that really what we want to discuss in the middle <laughs> of you turning half into a beast as we're fucking? I bet you that was kind of hot, though. Merwin, still walking around in that get up, goes to Baylor I don't think you could say she crossed you, sir, when you crossed her first. I mean, you made her a puppet and she thought y'all was in a deal together <laughs> and you cut her out and intended to murder her. But sure, take take umbrage. He is also sitting in the cell that he built to suppress magic. So he appreciates the irony. 
He did, or Fenric asked, what did the chaos want from him? And he realized it was something from within that needed to be sacrificed. And he realized what that was too late looking at Fenric. And my second favorite moment was Fenric after Marin proposes that they were together again, being like, you can't trust this bitch only because your ass can't trust Baylor. He gonna kill you, girl. <laughs> he made that pronouncement to your face. But then I'm thinking she might just accept that. Like, if you ask me, <laughs> like, oh, you really love me that much? I'm willing to do this for you. But if it's, is that really a sacrifice though? If the other person is down with it? Meredith thinks Sion abandoned them until she returns to say she scouted ahead. She been gone all night. Y'all are horrible <laughs> at scouting yourselves or protecting your area or anything. Sion seems surprised that that homegirl did not turn. And I was wondering, like, you didn't make no comment? Just, oh, you didn't do it. No, he did. Feel emerges with an aura around him. Just looks like he got some contacts, but sure. His reflex are uh, primeval. Sion leads them into a trap, which is really a double cross as she used the princess money to buy the archers <laughs> and the cell source that they needed and requested the men to steal their armor to get into the palace. As she stated, someone needs to be the voice of reason, insanity, and rationale. I want to see Marin's face when she gets that news. Fucking embarrassing! You didn't think to send a spy in that camp? Nothing. You just said, okay. <laughs> Ayla and Cian have a moment where she's like, what? I did what I needed to do. I didn't feel the need to discuss it with you whatsoever because clearly you had things on your mind. So they go to the gates, posing with Fiel as the prisoner. All of the cell swords. Uh, what was his name? Something one nut. <laughs> He's like, but I do got two, two very nice big balls. <laughs> Ask your friend about it. Uh, he starts to freak out, Fiel, not controlling the beast within, but she sings him a song and tells him to carry her voice with him until he sees that beast in front of him and then he can go all hulk out and that works my lady is once again mvp she had the best kills everybody else was just i couldn't even see what they were doing <laughs> but her ass <laughs> and gwen was doing the damn thing everyone picks out their tasks so the audience knows ayla is gonna kill Merwin. the mages are gonna try to take down the monoliths uh, the creature is for a feel and Kaylin and Meredith have started a friendship that is more potent than his relationship. Because he says, if I die, will Gwen avenge me? And I think it's to give her something to live on for. And I thought that was rather sweet. And that concludes our penultimate episode of the series. We shall have... I think it's tomorrow or Saturday. One or the other. We'll be discussing the finale. We do have feedback. Mimi went ahead and watched episodes one through three. Let's hear her thoughts on the series thus far. 
What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is uh, feedback for Witcher Blood Origin episodes one through three. Um, it looks like this is a mini series, and I really honestly didn't even know it was only four episodes until um, I was watching it. So I guess everything's gonna be wrapped up in four episodes. It's like a movie. Um, I don't know how I feel about that yet because um, I tried to watch uh, Witcher, the, uh, I guess the original one, I guess this is a prequel, and I just, I don't know, I lost interest, I don't know that it wasn't, that it wasn't good, maybe I just didn't get to the good part, but I know you and Shy were watching it, and I made it through, I want to say maybe three or four episodes, and I just, it just wasn't interesting to me. I don't know what it was like it has all of the ingredients that I enjoy but for some reason I wasn't a fan and I don't know maybe I just didn't give it a chance but um, I saw all the people of color in this um, show and I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this um, and then I saw you were podcasting on it, and I was like okay that's even more reason to watch it so first I do want to apologize my bad I dropped the ball on the f- first episode I had it on my list of stuff to watch and then I got engulfed in um best man final chapters I don't know if you watched any of those movies but I any anytime Morris Chestnuts or something I'm gonna watch it because if he ain't the most famous black person to me <laughs> you know when we had that conversation about black famous to me he's the most black famous like Denzel is black and famous but people know who I'm sorry it's actually um it's not pronounced Denzel Denzel is how you say it (laughs) we've been saying it wrong this whole time but anyway like he's famous famous like even white people know who he is but Morris Chestnut I don't think he's as as famous in the white community like like popular culture as he is to black people like we hold that man dear so anything he's in I'm gonna watch because and that motherfucker is fine still to this day still looking like a delicious chocolate cake that I want to fucking eat um so I I got engulfed in that and I completely forgot so um I started watching watching it and Darren was with me so we watched one and two and I think that was like the day before New Year's Eve um and uh I completely forgot to send feedback like it just fucking slipped my mind then we got home we went out to like it was like a light festival show like a light festival um uh from 4 30 to 7 on uh, new year's eve i had bought tickets because we went last year derek and i but darren had covid last year during christmas um he actually got it at christmas dinner the dinner that i didn't go to hilariously from my sister-in-law but anyway he got covid last year so he couldn't go um and i was like it was something he would like i was like it was like uh like a like you know a light show like they had like christmas or lights and then like little like a little like a little walk through christmas show um and then uh like they had like a buffet up and then like the wine and the beer were included in the money that we spent for the vip lounge upstairs um, I don't know if I told y'all this, but I'm too old to be standing in the cold and uh, sitting outside. So if they don't have a VIP section, I ain't going. And I that's my rule for fucking everything. Every, every time you see me at a festival, you see pictures of me out and about doing shit, pro- I promise you I'm getting the VIP 
because I'm not about to be out in the cold. I'm not about to walk far. I want a place that has air conditioning. I want a place that's the food is included and drinks included. So yeah, that's how I do. Whatever. Call me whatever you want. I feel like I've worked hard enough that I I I treat myself. So um, we did that, and then we went and saw. Um, I, like I said, I I know I told you that I saw uh, Avatar by myself. Um, and Darren apparently wanted to see it. I was like, well, you were at work. I was like, and you were right there when I asked Derek if he wanted to, to see it. And he, Derek said no, and you didn't say anything. He was like, well, I wasn't paying attention. Okay, that sounds like a problem. That's your problem. So anyway, we're leaving, and then I'm like, you guys, we should go see Avatar. I didn't see it in 3D. We should go see it in 3D. It's a, a movie theater like two minutes away, and uh, the movie starts in uh, 15 minutes. We should go. And they're like, no, 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 I don't want to, Derek's like, no, I don't want to see I was like, whatever, you guys fucking suck. Now we're going to be at home. He's like, we're going to miss the countdown. Who gives a shit? We go home, y'all probably going to go to sleep anyway. I guess I guilted them into seeing it. So we went and saw Avatar, and then we got home, and Darren was hungry, so we ate. And then he decided that he wanted to um, watch the third movie, and I fucking forgot that I didn't send feedback. Oh, that's great. Then we're in the middle of it, and I'm like, well, shit. Tomorrow, or I guess, you know, today, <laughs> the first, Christina said she was going to be podcasting on this damn episode, and I never fucking sent feedback. So I was like, well, I can't stop. I can't stop it watching now because I'm already halfway through it. So let me just let me just tell Let me just own up. So that's when I sent you that message, like, my bad. So that's where we are now. So now that I've rambled on for six minutes, let me go on into what I what I like about it. Um, I guess my your critiques that you had about it, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me um, until you pointed it out. So I agree. I listened to your your uh, first the podcast on the first uh, episode, and I agree with that everything you said about your critiques. Um, um, I I will say the one thing that I noticed that really like fucking grinded my gears <laughs> was in uh, the first episode when Merwin was just sitting at home, just chilling, drawing, reading, getting excited about fucking all the shit she's learning. And she literally got her lover that she was so fucking in love with, like, exiled. Like, I, I didn't even think about the fact that she that he was supposed to be fucking beheaded and uh, his head is on a spike in front of the fucking palace. So this bitch just sitting here chilling. I was like, does she not care that this man is gone forever and it's her fault like i expected to see her devastated like crying asking about him like i'm sorry it's my fault don't blame him she didn't even acknowledge that that motherfucker existed i was like i don't fucking like you what a fucking cunt and i mean granted he didn't try very hard to you know push her away he's like we agreed not to do this and she was like but i almost died give me that dick and if he slipped and fell in her vagina it, he didn't even try hard so i i knew you know that he wasn't the greatest kind of guy like i was like i mean it didn't seem like you know when we saw him like talking about the like going to like the looking for a um the whorehouse i know that's a, a brothel um i was like okay well i don't know i i don't think he's like super in love with her he don't seem very devastated like to me if the angle was like he's devastated and you know some men for some reason like think with their 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 dick when they're when their heart's broken it's like let me just go fuck a whole bunch of bitches because i am so devastated that i don't have the woman that i want 
okay we didn't get no include any kind of sign that that's what he was doing like he his first thought was just go have sex i was like okay he's not that hurt about her but i was like okay well maybe he's the one that initiated it and she's like the one that's heartbroken and he's just a fucking slut but she didn't give a shit either i was like for y'all to have really risked everything y'all really don't give a shit about each other (laughs) and that's the thing that kept sticking out to me and i was like this is some bullshit um i don't like her and he's very questionable with his morals okay so that's what i went in and then when she killed and i don't you probably know this now but um the woman that he slit the that she slit that um merwin no merwin yeah that's her name merwin the throat the woman that of the the woman that she killed she slit her throat with that knife that was um uh fagel no how do you say his name fajal fajal that was whatever he's the dog clan member the last of the dog clan that was his sister so she straight up murked us like i mean granted she killed her brother and didn't give a shit so how would she give a shit about killing somebody else's sister but she ain't shit and i can't root for her and everything that's about to happen to her i fucking am gonna enjoy she about to die because she trusted uh baylor and his uh sidekick was like you can't trust this bitch like bitch he can't she can't trust him y'all all fucking murderers (laughs) there are no honor amongst these the fuck (laughs) anyway so i can't wait and i want um ellie to fucking beat her ass like that's what i want in this last episode i want merwin to think she's a boss bitch and come out there and fucking beat her senseless like that like i want it to be a fight that's like so bad that you start to feel bad for merwin that she's getting her ass beat so bad side note whoever is in charge of the outfits for merwin that motherfucker needs an oscar because i think it would be an emmy because it's a tv show doesn't matter that shit is on point she looks fucking gorgeous all the time her makeup her outfits like even though she's a cunt that bitch can dress and whoever is putting her in them outfits i'm gonna need some acknowledgement that that girl know or he or she knows what the fuck they're doing because that motherfucker looks amazing i am i i just it's stunning like i don't there's no other word for how they have her dress how her hair is usually when a white girl has some intricate braid concoction it i roll my eyes at it it's like the fuck are you doing um but that shit looked amazing like it wasn't it didn't look like something that they stole like a tribal like you know appropriation type thing it just looked like someone who you know has a fancy hairstyle that they integrated braids within and it's like a different kind of way to make their hair look very detailed intricate it looks fuck everything about her aesthetic is fucking amazing i don't like her as a person but her outfits be on point um the other thing that i like i okay so in episode two i did not get the vibe that uh fajol and ellie were gonna be i think that's how you say her name the the raven girl and the dog clan like i felt like they were like bros in arms like they were like we we we're the last of our kind now we're blood blood pack warriors and we gonna get into this castle and fuck these hoes up 
at all costs. Um, I didn't know, like, I felt like he was kind of looking at her like, okay, she's fine. I think she's beautiful. She's a boss bitch. And I kind of want to stick my penis in her. But he's a hoe. So I feel like he thinks that about a lot of attractive women. Like, that didn't, like, that wasn't a surprise. But somehow between episode two and three, I missed something. Because when they were giving each other the eyes in the forest after like he was like you know i wish we were born under the same uh moon i was like wait a second when did this happen like i know it's only four episodes and things are speeded up but i never got the inclination that they were gonna be a fucking thing i like i said i saw him looking at her like that but he's a hoe and that's something you anticipate because hoes look at attractive people like oh my god i want to buy my penis in her vagina because that's what he does but I didn't think they were going to be a thing. And then in episode three, when she decided she was going to be the um, uh, the vessel, I guess. And he was like, no, you, you know, you're the lark. People need you. They need they need your voice. And um, you should let me do it. I have no honor. I don't have anything to live for. No one's going to miss me. And she was like, no, this is something I have to do. And she got the that prophecy from the little girl. Um you know to become one i don't remember everything else that that was said um once you you know i hear your feedback from two and three i i'm gonna like write notes about everything and then give you my final thoughts on four but i don't quite remember exactly what it said but like to me when it says to become one i was like that can be like prophesized so many times like or so many different ways and that's the thing i hate about prophecies is that the interpretation depends on who you're saying it to like the raven girl could hear it one way the dog clan the ghost clan like all of them have different ideas of what it would mean and the only person that i would truly believe that would know what what the prophecy meant that i would listen to and i follow would probably be the girl the lady glow the ghost clan uh scallon like she seems like the only one that would be knowledgeable enough to fucking <laughs> actually un- like be able to decipher what it means and granted um the the two um sorcerers i guess they call them mage mage mages like i guess they're like they could be um good at interpreting prophecies but at this point i can't trust anybody that thought it was a good idea to bring their mama back to life like y'all have to know magic comes with a cost Y'all don't need, I don't need that lore to be a thing. Not like that is, that is something that is a clear across all fucking magical, no matter what kind of world you're, you're building, what kind of supernatural science fiction type of, uh, book, movie, lore that you're reading, death is final and you can like breaking death comes with a cost and it is never a good one. Like, you cannot reverse death. Like, that's breaking the cycle of life, and that is not okay. That's clear across everything. No matter what planet, <laughs> lore, science, book you're reading, anything. Like, just no matter what kind of movie or show you're watching or book you're reading, that's something that you can't do. And if you do break that, like, it's, it's gonna not be good. So the fact that they brought their mom back to life and she turned to something that was fucking terrible and terrifying i can't believe nothing they say anyway i don't 
I'm not going to hold a grudge. Like they, I, they're clearly good people. They're trying to do do right by the world. They're trying to right, especially the dude. He's trying to right the wrong that he did. But y'all motherfuckers can't be trusted because y'all don't know how to act. Um, and the way um, uh, when the prophecy was said, I was looking at the ghost clan and, or not the ghost clan, the, the raven woman and the dog man. And I was like, OK, two become one. Are they supposed to unite together to become this beast to fight the the the, the beast, the, the evil beast that killed their clans? Because that would make sense if one person like it's going to take over your mind then you need someone to bring you pull you back so i was like okay their their love because they were enemies and now they're warrior blood warriors and now they're you know now they fall in love like those are like you guys went from being allies to friends to lovers to become one like that that's like a love you know um the body and the mind to become one together you guys can conquer this i was like okay so that makes sense that they would fall in love and then like they kissed or whatever and i was like okay he's gonna not let her be the beast like he's she's gonna fall asleep i thought they had you know done the they smashed i thought they had done the thing but i guess they didn't she was still fully dressed but when she woke up i was like okay so she's gonna wake up too late and he's gonna be the beast but then maybe she'll take part of the elixir to and they're gonna have to do this together but that's not what happened like first of all the whole ceremony looked fucking awful like the shit they were pouring in his mouth the way he was screaming like the terror like the way his body was jerking around everything about that fucking thing that ceremony looked terrible and i'm glad ellie didn't have to do it because it was fucking awful um but when he died and she kissed him and he came back, I was like, okay. So now he's the little beast. And I thought he was going to like transform and look different, but he didn't. And then when they went in, like she was like, it's just me and you. And then they went in there and they did the little, they did the little do. And I was like, okay, so they're actually smashing right now. They're having sex and she's going to be. I was like, is this what they mean by two become one? He like the beast is going to take over to over him. Um, and he's going to need her to bring him back. I was like, OK, I'm starting to get it. I, I don't know if they're like if we're supposed to assume that, you know, uh, Fajal is going to die. I know I'm saying his name wrong. Fajal fajol because it looks like fajol when you look at the fajol when you look at the name when it's spelled out on subtitles but he's gonna die and she got pregnant by him because i remember at the, the first episode when we the mini drivers character was like the first witcher was an elf so now are, are we supposed to assume that ellie's when she had the baby the last dog clan member the last ravenclaw member they created a life together um while like you know while he was already in beast mode is this the first witcher they're talking about i, I don't know i have all these theories um but i will say that i i didn't and like i wasn't looking at uh ellie and fajol to be like in a relationship but i i, I wasn't mad like 
I feel like I kind of like it. I always thought he was fine. I'm going to just put that out there. I am all about, like, he sounds Scottish or Irish. I don't know. And that's just sexy as hell to me. Um, if I ever go to Ireland, I feel like one of them, like, red-headed, buff, tattooed men would probably melt my panties. I'm just going to say that and put that out there. Um, if I ever ran into one... <laughs> Um, I, I don't know very much about Scottish men, but I do like their accents too. Um, I, I, I'm just, I, I, I really want to like listen to that prophecy again. I'm sure I can Google it. I just don't want to get spoiled yet. So I'm not going to do that till after I watch it, um, to try to see if I can decipher once I read, like once I've seen all four episodes, like what exactly that entails. But when he saw her singing, and I know you don't like singing, but I thought she did. Like, her voice is beautiful. And even though the songs back then, the music was kind of annoying, like, it all sounded the same, I did enjoy the lyrics because that's something that I, I'm musically inclined only to the point where lyrics are the first thing that I've ever, that I ever hear. Like, I know people listen to, like, beats or, like, the bridge or like the music behind it but lyrics are usually what initially I, I listen to initially and if it determines whether I like a song or not because some songs like I remember Bruno Mars song like that song he's like you know the married song he was like uh let's do something crazy and get married like that song I fucking hated it and I could not understand why people was playing it at the wedding like are y'all listening to what this man said he said let's do something stupid and get married like that's not beautiful <laughs> like I I have to agree with the lyrics before I could actually um like like a song and I always thought that if it if I was born into a different family <laughs> I should say a better one that, you know, music probably would have been something I would have actually studied and enjoyed. And eventually, like that probably would have been a like a avenue and a like a life I would have pursued school wise. But alas, my family sucks and we didn't I didn't take any lessons or anything like something I want to do as an adult. But, you know, whatever it's it. it I, I do want to I want to learn how to play piano, but I also don't want to take a class where there's like another like five year old, six year old there. And I'm a grown ass woman. So this is the only reason I have it. But anyway, her lyrics to the to the song and like made me think the way that Fajo was looking at her. I was like, OK, yeah, he's all he, he's fully fucking in love with her. And she was singing that song and I, like it just seemed like it had some meaning like with the words and the way she was singing it. And then at like right in front of the castle before episode three ended, that's like she was humming the, the words and she was like, you know, let my voice bring you back. I was like, OK, this has to be what it means to become one because he's the body and she's the soul and mind and voice. So. I'm really looking forward to episode three. I do like the dwarf girl, um, the dwarf, and I like the the guy, uh, Death, whatever his name is. Um, I enjoyed them. I I like her and Gwen, and I like the you know that we see that even though the elves are the ones that are like the the superiors, I guess, like you know the superior race, so to speak that they aren't 
the good people. <laughs> I, I like that. Like they've made it a point to conquer other people and now they're going about to conquer another world. Um, the uh, uh, monoliths were originally buried for by the doors because they're supposed to be they're supposed to help the world and the fact that they've been dug up and moved it's fucking with the whole realm and it's messing with you know everything and it it just goes to show you that you know uh stories good like good the good the heroes and the villains is is all subjective and it depends on you know who you're looking at because it's so easy for us to be rooting for like the elves but it sounds like the elves are pretty shitty ass people (laughs) uh a shitty race of people they're the only ones we've seen so far but clearly the the dwarves exist i'm sure there's other trolls and whatnot people that we haven't encountered yet um and i do i do like this story um it's a limited series, so I'm assuming this is all we're going to get. But I am looking forward to this last episode. Um, I'm sure there's other stuff I want to talk about, but I've talked enough between the three episodes. So I'm going to end it here. So until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you, Mimi, for your thoughts on the episode <laughs> in your trials over the new year. <laughs> First and foremost, Morris Chestnut, I wish I found him as attractive as everyone else does, but he is black royalty. There's no debating that. I did not watch the best friend, best man movies. I think I think I actually watched the first movie, but I don't recall it. Uh, I don't think, you know what it was? It was love and basketball ruined me. <laughs> that hurt my heart and soul and I never went back. <laughs> Oh, but no, I just, they always seem to like they were, I think at a certain point though, I think I was watching movies like that and they all kind of felt the same. So I kind of just lost interest. Um, it was a miss for me. And yeah, it's just one of those things. I have no idea what that means. I wrote it down in my notes to something you said, but I have no idea exactly what it, oh, I think you were talking about The Witcher. Yes. I certainly did not. And I watched the whole thing. I just certain and I tried to watch the second season. I I just couldn't get into it. It just wasn't wasn't interesting for me. I didn't I didn't attach myself to just about anyone. And I tried and I tried. And I think they set up some characters to be properly attached to. And then they just did shit (laughs) that I didn't didn't find uh, compelling anymore. Uh, as far as the costumes for Marin, I agree a hundred percent on that. Someone's just doing living their best life in the styling department, and they need some recognition for real. I think the story they're trying to tell for Fiol, but not done in any uh, particularly finesse way, is that after his brother died, he rather lost all propensity to have any valid meaning in his life so his affair with the princess was one of those things to get him exiled because he has a very low value of his own life and I think when him saying you know it I only bring death and then his father being like oh or him thinking that his father would have wanted him instead of his brother something is informing that but it's not very well fleshed out but it aligns with him not feeling much after the affair because this was kind of playing with fire anyway. 
why should I not disgrace my honor? Uh, and then he was going to go continue living his life of degeneracy because he did expect at that moment that affair to be his death. It was his father who chose not to to have him killed. So if you go into an affair thinking I'm going to be killed, that tells you you ain't got a lot of self-worth. Uh, however, I think, and also playing devil's advocate, because while I certainly by episode two was thinking, okay, they're not going to go this route. It was kind of hinted at in episode one with some supposed back, <laughs> you know, in episode two, particularly when he found out she was the lark. I felt like that's when he was like, oh, oh, this is someone not only who uh, they had that interaction and uh, I, I feel like they were trying to put it out there for a little bit. And then they just in episode two, I felt like there could have been a lot more conversations if you were going this route. But the same with you. Uh, the minute they did turn up the romance, it got sexy. It got sexy. But it was certainly <laughs> not a foregone conclusion. That's for certain. And I would not have thought about associating them with the prophecy until you uh, you reminded me of such. And I still don't know why she took a bird out. When you brought up pregnancy, I was like, oh, a little bird. But that's not that's not a a raven a baby raven oh oh god what was that really i hope not because <laughs> that's a stupid prophecy <laughs> not the prophecy actually no 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 not the prophecy my bad alien i don't want to judge you it's it's the it's the miss because <laughs> that's when that happened but you could be right i think you probably are right and uh yeah, I just wasn't thinking too hard about it because <laughs> things aren't necessarily aligning perfectly. But if it does, I think uh, certainly they did some things to try to hint to the words that. Uh, I know if I ever went to Ireland, I'd be I'd just be a hoe. I mean, from the moment I jumped off. <laughs> I'd be advertising that, that this uh, this is open for business. So apparently if we both stepped off that plane, there would be a, uh, there would be a theme song. Now from the top, make it drop. That's some wet ass pussy. Now get a bucket and a mop. That's some wet ass pussy. I'm talking wop, wop, wop. That's some wet ass pussy. Lastly, I actually did listen to her singing because it was rather, uh, a nice singing voice. And while I did not in particular listen to the lyrics when Fiol sung them once again, I was like, oh, that's actually rather romantic and sweet and gentle. And all of the things of why he'd be like, yeah, there's no way you can, <laughs> you can't sacrifice yourself. The world needs you. And I'm totally in love. There were like when he kept saying, I got you. And every time there was a scene, he, he was fine. He is fine, though. I mean, that was up at front. I was like, yeah, no, he, he, he fine. You definitely get it. But as stated, I thought this was going to be like the way they swore on the brother allegiance thing. I was like, all right, that's where they're going to go with it. I didn't have a problem with that either. Um, I just wasn't looking, searching or needed it. But now that I got it, I'm like, hey, nice to, nice to vicariously live through you. 
but I, I do like her her aesthetic. Um, and so I I enjoyed her singing. And while I don't always listen to the lyrics, I certainly do in some songs. I do. I'm a sucker for the instruments. <laughs> I would not try to learn piano at this stage in my life either. Just because it's, it's uh, you know, it looks cute when Chris Evans does it, but it's, it's a party trick. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> If you ain't busting out al- albums for Alicia Keys, it's a party trick. And that's nothing to say you can't love your party trick. You can't love or do your party trick. But I have no, I have no need to bust that out for anyone anytime ever. <laughs> if I wanted to play instrument, it would be the violin. Um, but those days have passed also. So no, I get the inclination to want to play an instrument, certainly, but, uh, (laughs) you wouldn't have to be in a room with five-year-olds, but you would be coming at that level at it. And you do, and the difference between when they, they say when you're learning an instrument when you're younger versus when you're older is because the malleability of the the younger brain to pick up, uh, that particular skill set. And it is just 10 times harder when you're an adult. I will look forward to your episode four feedback. If anyone else wants to join in the conversation, blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave your information below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.